Dropbit Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Drop Bear Gaming Podcast. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe we're here. Everybody's fucking excited. Live studio audience today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of two, and that's just us. We love you. <laughs> Show us your jocks. <laughs> Great start. Um, so I did say we're back because this is part two of our decade in review um, quadrilogy. Yeah, hey. I mean, I assume it's only going to go for four parts, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? So um, we might end up doing another one next year because <laughs> that'll be the end of the decade. Yeah, yeah. a whole nother decade. We can just reuse these episodes and redo go. the intros to say that there's a different episode. Yeah, sounds good. No one will know. No one listens. No one will know. <laughs> um, so, for those of you who don't remember where we're up to, we're in the we're. A quarter of the way through our trip in the Wayback Machine, yep. we've, we've talked about 2010, 11, and 12, yep. and now on this episode, we're going to talk about 2013, 2014, 2015. Um, we talked about a few of the larger sort of talking points that jumped out at us about the those few years. And, and forgive us if we missed anything, because it was a fucking long time ago. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of games that and, came and out. And surprisingly, there's nowhere in the world like a library you can go and look these things up yeah. <laughs> yeah no kind of online encyclopedia yeah it's very strange but so it's very lucky that we're doing this for you no yes. need to thank us no um just so money with without further ado <laughs> let's get into 2013 mm, another big year what a time to be alive oh tell you what i mean this was probably one of the key years of the last decade because we saw uh, the launch of the Xbox One and a PlayStation 4. Yes. Yeah. Which are obviously defining moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one that didn't redefine any shit was the Ouya. The Android based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Android based micro console. It was launched after a Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter, this was when Kickstarter was just huge. like huge. People yeah. were like, oh my God, get on top of things. Yeah. Um, so the Ouya was basically an Android phone, but. You could plug it into your TV. Mm. I mean, it wasn't a phone. It was a console. Yeah. But you could play games off the Google Play Store or whatever. That type of game on your TV. No one liked it. It didn't go anywhere. was finally shut down a mere two years later Mm. in uh, 2015. (laughs) Razer actually bought a bunch of the software, I think, they bought. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they did anything with it. Not long after that, um, I'm not sure of the actual release date of it, but um, uh, Razer brought out the Shield. Mm. And even to today, the Shield is still probably one of the most powerful and best Android-based consoles Mm. that you can stream directly from your NVIDIA account on your PC and Steam. Um, It'll play in full 4K and could then not yeah. that there was many TVs around for it but play Netflix and fucking Hulu in America um, you know all these different things Plex now Disney like it's constantly being upgraded as well yeah. and it is one of the most powerful Android based TV streaming you know kind of companions it's pretty nice which isn't is it? fucking awesome and that I guess came from 
the Ooyah. Ooyah, which yeah. did nothing. Mm. Um, another thing that was huge for Australia that year was the launch of PAX Australia yeah. uh, in Melbourne. They ran that one at the Melbourne Showgrounds, which was just a fucking terrible idea. Mm. The, the, I went to it. It was great. Everything was great about it, except getting from there to anywhere. Yeah. Because at the end of the evening, you'd try to get... There was no public transport, mm. and the taxis were just inundated yeah. because there was thousands of people there. Mm. No way to get anywhere. Yeah. So there was people there. Like, I saw a group of people waiting at the tra- at the petrol station across the road from the showgrounds. They fucking hired a Hummer, wow. stretch Hummer, to take them to the city because <laughs> it was the only way they could get a lift for all of them. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. So, yeah... Um, PAX Australia, which is now obviously at the Melbourne Convention Centre, more central. Yep. In fact, you can't get much more central no. than the Melbourne Convention Centre. And it's just got uh, gone with like leaps and bounds. It's now the the main event in Australia, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even EB Games Expo now is part of PAX. Yeah. So, yeah, huge thing. But started back in 2013 with PAX Australia. Now... Now, because of those consoles that you mentioned, the, the PS4 and the Xbox One mm. being released, it opened up the ability to take gaming to the next level. Yeah. And although we had some games from the first few years of the decade that are still very, very positive in our minds and yeah. still potentially games of the decade, this changed everything. Yeah. The, the power and the capability of, of what was brought out that year... Mm still in my mind some of the best games ever made well they only came out like the playstation 4 in australia launched on november 29th xbox one was the 22nd yeah so pretty late in the year prior to them coming out we had arguably some of the best games of the generation prior yeah Yeah. including um the last of us still incredible playstation blog ran their game of the decade vote yeah. And The Last of Us was number one, mm. which is insane. Yeah. I mean, it was good, but hey, settle down. <laughs> but um, The Last of Us was one of those games that you mentioned where it, it grabbed you by the heart and soul. Yeah. And it didn't let you go that whole mm-hmm. fucking game. Yeah, there's moments in that game that I still remember hitting. Like when you go through that building, you come out where the giraffes are walking yeah. through the park. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, there's just some scenes in that that are just brutal as well mm, in yeah. terms of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exceptional game. Oh, seriously. And then, like, another one that came out at the tail end of the last generation and is still one of the most purchased games on PS4 yeah. is Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, was Rockstar just redefining everything. Exactly. They're just like, hey, uh, we haven't been around for a while. Here's an amazing fucking game yeah. that's unlike anything you've played before. And it seriously was. Yeah. Like, it it totally changed games at that moment. Yeah. You know, like, the the depth of it, the playability of it, the longevity of it. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of the only games that has sold a billion copies. Yeah. And it's smashed that figure. Yeah. Now. It's well yeah. over it. It's yeah. still in the top ten, high in the top ten, if not number one each month for games Most purchased sales. on the PlayStation store. Yeah. And, um, and, and they also did... And there's still a huge multiplayer... Yeah, GTA know. Online. Yeah. Also, like, it's 
kind of a separate game, although it's in the same game. But yeah, GTA Online, in, in terms of the amount of money that Rockstar make, that is just a massive cash cow yeah. for them oh, for with sure. their microtransactions, which sucks, but it's also great because it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. We also had Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch, which for me is just a beautiful game. I think that was one of my um, like honorable mentions in the game of the year that year yeah. because I just really like the art style, the writing, everything about it mm-hmm. was just so good. And we reviewed that. I reviewed that for the PS4 remaster a little yep. bit, like a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, a couple of episodes ago. But that was just excellent. One that was completely shit was Aliens Colonial Marines. <laughs> that just bombed out. Yeah. But again, I've got a statue, like a little figurine at home that's mm. uh, an alien attacking a guy in one of those yellow power loaders. Yeah. And it is absolutely my favorite it's thing that I have. Facebook, uh, yeah, it's my yeah. cover photo on yeah. Facebook. It's just the greatest thing it is absolutely amazing um but we had Bioshock Infinite yeah which which you know I was listening to the soundtrack of that like a week ago wow because there's songs in that that are just beautiful songs yeah there's a version of the Beach Boys God Only Knows done by the Barbershop Quartet wow that you just like as you're walking through the game Mm. you just see this Barbershop Quartet over to the side just singing that yeah and it's a total like miss this if you don't pay attention Mm -hmm. thing but you can go over and stand and just watch them sing this fucking version of this song that is just a brilliant game so good yeah and then Beyond the soundtrack, like just the story of the game mm. was just a complete mindfuck, yeah. as well as having great gameplay mechanics. That was just exceptional. Um, Rayman Legends was that year, which I've already mentioned because I mentioned Rayman Origins. So good. Um, and then you had things like Guacamelee, which yeah. was a PlayStation exclusive at the time. Uh, Vita game Mm. actually which was again a 2D platformer that was just so good with puns about luchadors and you know (laughs) all of that kind of stuff it was just great there's a little chickens everywhere and Mm -hmm. it was just great Uh, Injustice Gods Among Us I mentioned already when I mentioned MK9 Injustice Gods Among Us was incredible yeah it's a fighting game where you can play as your favorite dc supervillains and superheroes it was mm. just fucking excellent and the one thing they did really well was the um the transition to mobile mm. within it and having the ability to to have both you know and they they were complementary of each other yeah and they great. still don't have done that on the last mortal kombat as well there's mm. a mortal kombat mobile game they don't completely connect up but you get benefits on either one for using either one. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, Beyond Two Souls for me was huge. That yeah. In, again, a masterpiece in terms of the motion capture. Yeah. Um, and a bit of a weird one, but mm. still absolutely worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Book was that year, which I already talked about. And then we got to the launch of the new consoles and we had Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag which came out on the previous gen and the new gen um, which was that was again an Assassin's Creed game worth mentioning just because it just redefined how Assassin's Creed worked we had Assassin's Creed 3 the year before that introduced boats Mm -hmm. but then Black Flag was like at least 50% using boats and it was just so well done it was so well done 
that they have the new game Skull and Bones coming out, which is where you have a pirate ship and it's all you know customizable and all that kind of stuff. And that game will exist, and it currently is being developed, but it exists because of the success of Black Flag. Mm. You know, so absolutely worth mentioning. And then you've got the games that came out, like Tearaway was for Vita that year, which was yeah. you know one of the last few games for the Vita that were great. Mm-hmm. And then you had the games that came out on new consoles. Like Knack, yeah. launch title on the PS4, critically bit iffy. Mm. Um, personally, I thought it was fucking great. 3D platformer that was a new IP, which yeah. takes balls as it is to yeah, do. That's right. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed that game. I, I think I, I played really through it like three or four times. As you played through it, your character got bigger because of you know you yeah, destroy you'd... people or things, and yeah, you know you like absorb some stuff and Mm. grow and the way that it the way that it used that as a gameplay mechanic through Mm. the game as well as a tech demo to show how good the fucking system of the PS4 was so yeah I sure hope there's a Knack 3 coming because I really enjoyed Knack but you had other things like maybe some stuff that wasn't quite as uh, important in history, like Rise, Son of Rome on the Xbox One. Yeah. Killer Instinct was sort of rebooted as a... Wasn't it free-to-play? Yeah. On Xbox mm-hmm. One, again, using microtransactions to yeah. buy fighters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But in terms of um, huge games, I mean, we had Disney Infinity that year, you know. Yeah, true. Which was Disney's move into the Skyland. Like, Skylanders was... Was that 2010? Yeah, the first Skylanders yeah. game was 2010, which, again was completely changed everything mm. because after that we had like four or five more Skylanders but yeah. we also had Disney Infinity times three yeah exactly D- um, Lego Dimensions mm-hmm. which yeah. is another one it's kind of dialed back a bit now there's less of that kind of thing but yeah. Amiibos for Nintendo were totally a result of the success of Skylanders well, there was that pilot one that came out not long ago yeah which, Starlink or whatever yeah, it was and it gave yeah. you the option of either having it or not having it and still being able to play the game yeah which I thought it was great. Makes no sense from a marketing point no, of view. No, no. But from a, a customer point of view, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's... I, like, wasn't a, an amazing game. Mm. I mean, it kind of was Disney Infinity, but it's worth talking about as a thing from this decade. You know, yeah. that, that little toys. Mm. You know, we, I've still got some. I'm sure you've still got... Like, Shit tons. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've been trying to get rid of them for 10 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've given me a couple of them over the years but anyway but at the end of it like I, I still have a couple of them like I've got a cabinet out in, in my study mm. and I have figurines in there um, now the majority of the figurines that I have in there are bubbleheads. yeah like the Funko Pop Final things you know they're yeah. all okay because I only buy the ones that really matter mm. but like my love of Marvel and you know some of the characters in the Marvel universe, yeah, I still have those characters from, from Disney, Infinity. Disney Infinity, and they're very well made. They like, are very detailed, yeah, which is good. Yeah, so yeah, so that's 2013. I guess the big thing, like we said that year, was the PS4 and Xbox One, which really um, redefined gaming as a more mainstream thing. Yeah, you know, Xbox biggest thing, biggest thing then was really trying to push for the all-in-one media center. Yeah. And they'd been trying to do that a fair bit in Mm. the previous version, but this was like their real push into it. Yeah. Um, Most of their marketing was pushed towards, you know, being your only need in a lounge room. 
Yeah, and they had like the um, the in and out of the HDMI, so you could control your TV through it, like the yeah. TV channels and everything, mm-hmm. and use it as like a TiVo box sort of thing. Yeah. They were just trying to do everything in that area rather than focusing on gaming. And PS4 just went, fuck yeah, so glad you're doing that. Yeah. And then they just did that thing where you just sarcastically take the piss out of the other person. Even though Xbox was trying to innovate, Yeah. PlayStation were like, look at these fuckheads doing <laughs> stupid shit. How about you come and play great games? Yeah. And then Xbox were like, ah, oh, damn it. It's like when you get you just get shamed in the street. Yeah. <laughs> having a good idea (laughs) and PlayStation just maintained the status quo Mm. but also at the same time you had things like um, cloud saves in games were you know yeah clouds normal and like that was starting with the Vita and stuff like that with in terms of cross platform yeah but yeah cloud saves like sharing video prior to Mm -hmm. that you needed to buy a third party thing that you would plug your PlayStation or Xbox into to be able to record and then manually put it on your mm-hmm. computer and upload it to YouTube. Yeah. PS4 launched and Xbox One launched and you could just press a friggin' button. And yeah, put and, it on social media yeah. or whatever. The other big thing that really got pushed at that time, which was probably happening prior to that, but yeah. was always online. Yeah. You know, it was it was now and no question. Well know? there was a lot of um there was still, I feel like there was still a lot of pushback. Yeah. But now like oh, there's game, no choice. I th- there's games that you just can't even run. Yeah. Single player games yeah. that you can't play without being mm. online. Yeah. So yeah. But another thing was streaming has mm-hmm. just exploded. Again, that was something that was predominantly PC or if you had a mad setup. Yeah. And now it got to the point where you could just press a button and load up your Twitch stream, use your PlayStation camera or your Kinect mm. to film you. Yeah. And be streaming online to whoever the fuck wants to watch you. The other big thing that kind of got given birth to around that time as well was the prevalence of massive updates at launch yeah you know to me that really started when these two consoles were were, Mm. you know released into the wild patches and updates were a real issue on the ps3 yeah and then they moved to this like background update thing they like the ps4 was sold to be like we have a completely separate chip to handle downloads so you don't mm. have to worry about downloading shit affecting your gameplay yeah. and stuff like that. But at the same time, it was always shit. Yeah. Like the PlayStation... And now they're huge. They're way yeah. bigger than they used to be yeah. on the PS3. Mm. But again, in line with that, we're also moving more towards digital ownership, which yeah. was a thing in PS3. Like we had PS Plus towards the end of the PS3 mm-hmm. where you were getting free games Um and yeah, then PS4 came out, and it's been driving more and more to that to the point now where we have an Xbox that is digital only. Yeah. So that's the future, but that's just a key thing from the time. Now, 2014. Yep. Um, big year, like I already mentioned. Facebook purchased Oculus for two billion, yep. which was huge. Mm-hmm. But also, in line with the push of. St- um, Twitch uh, streaming from consoles and stuff like that. Amazon yeah. purchased Twitch for nine hundred and seventy million dollars. Which, if you look at it now, six you know five six years later, you think fuck that was a bargain deal. Yeah, it was for Amazon because yeah. mm-hmm. Twitch is still the number one. Like you've got uh, Mixer with Microsoft and YouTube have moved, tried to yeah. push into it. 
So you've got Amazon versus Microsoft versus Google in this field. Yeah. And Twitch is still the number one. Oh, yeah. To the point where Microsoft are like, said to Ninja, the streamer, like a multi-million dollar deal to get you to only do on Mixer, you know? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? And fucking Fortnite, you can now get skins of your favorite streamers. Yeah, wow. Which is insane. You can get a Ninja (laughs) skin for your Fortnite character. Which is just nuts. The branding for streaming, you know, the the build up of streaming over the last five years in terms of, like, because back when we started this podcast, it was podcasts and maybe a little bit of YouTube, but mostly like yeah. TV shows like Good Game and in That's America right. there was you know G four and all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, if you want to learn about a game, like people these days are watching streams, they're watching YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's interesting to see how we've shifted that way in the decade as well. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, Amiibos, we just mentioned Disney Infinity. Amiibos were launched in 2014. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Now was announced and launched in yep. 2014. So I mentioned that it, would, it worked on the Vita. Mm. It's still not here. Yeah. But it's looking very much like we're going to see some announcements about that this year to have it be in Australia. And... It's interesting that no one talks about it because it is a key competitor to the Game Pass because it does what Xbox Game Pass does. Yeah. But no one in Australia knows anything about PlayStation Now because it's not here. Well, that's right. And yeah. PlayStation Now is basically the Xbox Game Pass with more games and streaming from the cloud as well, which is what Xbox are working to with xCloud. Yeah, that's right. So, Which will be great. Yeah. yeah it'll, it'll be a big one when it pushes in. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, it was pretty average. I mean, five years ago, you look at how much infrastructure has changed for internet in the world in the last five to six years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the NBN was only just starting to roll out back in 2014, I think. Yeah. And now, you know... It's already obsolete. There's still... Yeah. I mean, I've got fiber to my house, so I've got awesome internet. You've got the the, the multi-tech NBN, right? through cable no, or you haven't got it still got cable but it'll be switched over but still yeah. using your cable eventually eventually but but then again we do have a, a box installed on our mm. like on our fucking nature strip so yeah. it will be as good well it'll be fiber to the node and then you've got like the that coax whatever it is yeah, yeah. right out the front so, of the house which is good but there's a lot more strength in the internet infrastructure in Australia now than there was five years ago yeah. and same thing goes in America and the UK so PlayStation now was pretty average mm-hmm. way ahead of its time as yeah. tends to be the thing for PlayStation mm-hmm. and now they've remarked they've rebranded themselves and well not rebranded still PS now but they've sort of giving themselves a facelift and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes in the next year or two. Hopefully PlayStation we, we now. Get that sooner rather than later. Mm. Well, one other thing that PlayStation did in 2014 was that they revealed Project Morpheus, which was PSVR before it was known as PSVR. Yeah. Which is, you know, Oculus the year be- uh, well Oculus that year that was year bought was for 2 bought, billion yeah, and then Exactly. PlayStation revealed that they were moving into the VR area as well mm. because you know and VR in a lot of ways I think it's actually given it the the whole VR concept it's given PlayStation gave it a cheaper uh, sale point by mm. almost half compared to Oculus yeah. the the strength of the Oculus over the PSVR is probably a lot 
bigger. Yeah, and thing. Vive as well. Both of those are just way better than yeah. VR, PSVR. But, but it allows you to to have that in your lounge room. It's more of an entry and, level. Yeah, yeah, and you can give it a go. And you know, I only know one person with the Oculus Rift. Yeah, I know at least half a dozen with the PlayStation VR. Yeah, and like. They've sold 105 PS, million PS4s. They've only sold like 6 million PSVRs. Yeah. So that's still a good number. Yeah. In yeah. terms of, you know, it's enough for them to go, let's keep there's, going with yeah, this. Yeah, there's a bit of interest here. Yeah. And I think that's a future as well if they can make it more, um, find a way. But like mobile phones have driven us to be more internal people. Yeah. So PSVR kind of works in that way. Mm-hmm. So... Well, yeah. that's the one reason why, for me, I'll never ever buy one. Yeah. Um, it I, disconnects you from the people around exactly, you. Exactly. Which and is the one that's being, a shit you know, thing about At the it. time that it came out, you know, my, my marriage was breaking down. I was a single parent. Well, 50% of the time I had my kids with me. Mm. Um, there was no way that being in a house by myself... I wanted to be completely disconnected to everything. Yeah. Not having the ability to listen or see or anything to what the fuck was going on around me. Yeah. Just couldn't be done. And I don't feel comfortable with it. Mm. I still don't. You know, I've, I've, as you know, I've got that old, um, the PlayStation projector. Yeah. Which was like a precursor to the, the VR. It was, it's basically the PSVR headset. Yeah. But except it had, um, what was it called? It was, it was called some stupid name. Yeah. But it was basically like a cinema on your face. Yeah. With headphones attached to it. Mm. And you put it on and you could watch as if you were in a cinema yeah. watching and movies it, and it, stuff. It had perfect 3D. It had everything like that was, mm. you know, probably the highest of tech at the time. Um, and because it was like an inch from your eyeballs and all encompassing, you couldn't see anything else. Yeah. It was like having a. 120 meter screen or something yeah you know, to, to yourself you. yeah which was pretty fucking cool mm. but I used it half a dozen times cost fucking hundreds and hundreds I and think hundreds it was like a grand dollars. yeah um, and used it half a dozen times because I fucking hated being completely shut off from everything yeah um, you know now I use noise cancelling headphones when I watch TV yeah but constantly the kids are walking in trying to talk to me or whatever yeah and I can't hear them, but I can see them. Yeah, and if it's I great. Took, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I just nod and go, yep, whatever. Um, I told you to fuck off. <laughs> You're not allowed in the house. <laughs> More so than not. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I can't do the whole VR thing and I won't. Yeah. yeah. So there's certain segments that won't, yeah. certain that will love it. There's interesting, like, it's kind of good because that, that headset had the built-in headphones. The PSVR, you have to put headphones on. Yeah. So there's party games where... One person can see something and the other people can't. Yeah. And so you can play like a four or five player game, probably mm-hmm. four player game, where three people, the one where like, um, what is it? Don't stop talking or we yeah. blow up or whatever yeah. it's called, mm-hmm. where they they have the that. instructions on how to dis- disable a bomb and yeah. you're the only one who can see the bomb yeah. and you've got to describe to them what you're seeing mm-hmm. so they can pick the right instructions and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot of... Uh, it's in, probably the best use the of best it. The best use of it is party yeah. games, I think. Yeah. Which is bizarre for something that disconnects you from everyone. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's Black Mirror episodes about VR worlds and kind of shit like that and the effect that it has on people. So, 
anyway. So we also had some things. We've already touched on them. Like THQ was resurrected by Nordic that year. Yep. Um, EA Access launched on Xbox One, which was, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, pretty big. Not, yeah. not massive, but it's one of those things where, like, now you've got Ubisoft, the U- Ubisoft have their thing, yeah. where you pay a subscription fee. And you've fee. got Game Pass and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, it, it's where it went. And yeah. they were doing this, you know, four years before it was even considered yeah. by anyone else, which exactly. is pretty cool. And for the games time. that were coming out, you know, yes, they were 12 months old, mm. but it, for whatever it was, 40 bucks a year, yeah. it gave you a library of 30 games to yeah. play. Instantly. And you get discounts on new games and DLC yeah. and all that kind of so stuff with def- it as well. And you get games early, all that kind of shit, um, which is great because they're not even patched. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Which is great for EA games. Play early access so you can play Unravel 2 and completely finish it before yeah, the game's before even out. Comes out. Um, yeah. Microsoft acquired Epic Games, the creators of Gears of War that year. Yeah, they did, yeah. Which mm-hmm. now you think about it, it's almost as if Microsoft have always owned Gears of War. Yeah. But um, yeah, in 2014, they bought Epic Games and Cliff Blazinski, yeah. who was the head of Epic Games, he went off and did his own thing mm. and hasn't really had critical success with anything he's he done since He took all that then. money and just fucked off. Yeah, right? which is fine. Yeah. Do, what, do yeah. what you like. Go for it. Um, irrational, Bioshock devs, yeah. Yeah, Irrational Games closed. Yeah, they shut down, which was sad because they were related to 2K Australia, who mm. um, they shut down later. Yeah. But it was kind of the end of an era for um, game developing in Australia. Like I said, it's still it's quite large, yeah. and most of it's in Brisbane now, or like a fair chunk. But we don't really have any more AAA developers. Yeah. But yeah, Australian devs had a lot to do with all of the Bioshock games, and so to have Irrational shut down, it was kind of sad. And it's they've very just irrational. Yeah, irrational yeah. decision, especially considering there's a new Bioshock just been revealed to be getting developed. Yeah. They well, they announced that they're going to start developing it, so it's like oh, three okay. or four years away still, which is fucking weird. Yeah. We're thinking stupid. about thinking about thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so um, so Pax obviously moved to Melbourne Exhibition Center, which like we mentioned, mentioned already. Yep. Um, and then the PlayStation Experience PSX event was started up again it hadn't happened since 2003 mm. and then then they did that for like three years and then they were like no we're not doing anything anymore yeah. no more E3 no more nothing so yeah. that's weird mm. but um, games well the one big thing that happened in 2014 was Gamergate which we don't want to go into too much but it was basically a bunch of douchebags on the internet being like women are only in the games industry because they fucked the right person to get their job yeah. And basically all of that kind of shit. So it was a bit of a shit show and, and showed the world what kind of people gamers are. Yeah. Which the minority of gamers are, but it made everyone look like fucking assholes. Exactly. And it was a complete shit show and it still continues to this day. Mm. Because it was something like a... It was a like a game reviewer that had like got a job somewhere and they were like you only got that job because you fucked the guy yeah. the editor or whatever mm-hmm. Ugh, disgusting the one thing that it did do and it, it hadn't really been a thing until then was it allowed um, it, it allowed females to have more ability in the industry yeah because a lot of people first of all the knee jerk reaction from anybody who doesn't think like a Neanderthal fuckwit yeah was to go no, no, no. You know, look at us. We've got girls working for us. Yeah. Companies like EA 
oh sorry not EA sorry EB Games yeah. went fuck we've got like two females that work in our retail giant fucking yeah. you know, let's hire fucking heaps of women but even though it was a knee jerk reaction mm. it probably hadn't even been raised as a problem prior to that yeah and for enough dickheads to go out there and go oh women are fucking just you know things to look at and you know, blah, yeah. blah 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 it actually kind of made them go well no but yeah. why haven't we never noticed this before and it started a chain reaction through an industry that hadn't had it yet yeah and I mean it's still a major issue sexism in the games industry yeah um, you know there's people like Alana Pierce who started as a YouTube personality got a job at IGN yeah she's now working for Rooster Teeth and you know doing amazing things mm. but you know there's people like her who still have people go well did you really just did you play the game you're yeah. like do you even game you know that kind of bullshit that's around female gamers in yeah. and female gaming press where mm-hmm. it's like oh you're wearing a Zelda shirt do you know what that is yeah. or did you just buy it because you like what it looked like it's like <laughs> so fucking yeah. Just stupid and degrading and assholeish, and I mean I'm a gigantic asshole, and even I don't say shit like that. Yeah, you know, can you imagine going up to Susie wearing her Fallout cosplay at PAX in 2013 mm-hmm. when I went with her and being like, "Do you know what that is? Like, have you even played Fallout?" <laughs> she would Susie fucking would destroy fucking you, fucking curb stomp you. <laughs> You'd you be, deserve it. You'd be dead. Yeah. You would never hassle someone again, you <laughs> piece of garbage. <laughs> so, uh, 2014, the games of that year, another Obsidian Entertainment one that was just great was uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Yes. And, um, you know, Obsidian Entertainment are one of my favourites because they were originally started... 2003, after the closure of Black Isle Studios, who made Fallout, Fallout 2, Planescape Torment, which is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the Icewind Dale games, and they developed the and greatest. published a bunch of the Baldur's Gates yeah. games. Yeah. They shut down, and Obsidian Entertainment was started by like six of their key employees. Mm-hmm. And they went on to do a whole bunch of... Um, licensed properties like Fallout New Vegas, South Park, The Stick of Truth that were just excellent. And then in 2012, they'd had a bunch of the games that they were developing, like licensed ones, get cancelled and it Mm. cost them a fuckload of money. Yeah, exactly. And it ended up putting them in a terrible situation where they were about to go bankrupt. And they went, you know what? Last ditch attempt. Let's use this Kickstarter thing that's going gangbusters Mm. at the moment. They did a Kickstarter campaign for this game called Pillars of Eternity, which was classic Baldur's Gate style isometric RPG, like OG RPGs. They ended up breaking the records of Kickstarter games for funding at the time, and they raised over $4 million, which was far and away more than they'd expected. It saved the studio from closure. Then they launched the game several years later, 2015, which we're not up to yet. Mm-hmm. But um, the game then eventually came to consoles. They did a sequel for it. And the sequel actually comes out at the end of this month on console. Awesome. To, uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, which I'm really keen for. Yeah. I backed it on... I backed Pillars of Eternity on Kickstarter. Got the collector's edition for like $80. Because yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Never played it because it's a PC game. Yeah. 
But uh, then when it came out on console, I bought it straight away. So I supported them twice. Yeah. No fucking worries. I think mm-hmm. another third party ported it to console. Yeah. But either way. And then, like, they went through all of that hardship and struggles. Did the record-breaking Kickstarter. Did Fallout New Vegas, which is arguably the best Fallout yeah. game of yeah. all time. They did South Park The Stick of Truth, which is just... It's South Park, but it's just an exceptionally good game. Oh, it's fuck so yeah. fucking well done. Yeah, exactly. They just really killed it. And then they started doing their own original IPs because they had such success, thanks to Pillars of Eternity and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that they were like, sweet, we can ease up on the licensed stuff and start focusing on what we want to do. That led to, of course, November 2018, when Microsoft announced that they'd acquired Obsidian Entertainment, which it's like a double-edged blade because for me because I'm a PlayStation fan yeah obviously so it sucks for me because I'm like ah oh, I'm going to miss out on all these fucking great games because they're going to be on the play on the console that I don't use which I will fucking do or play yeah. but also I feel really them. I feel great for them because even though they've had success mm. you never know what's going to happen yeah. and having the backing of Microsoft now means that they have so much security to be able to do what they want and That's they released right. The Outer Worlds which was a really really good game they came got, from nowhere too yeah mm. they, that was them like they approached Bethesda and said we're really keen to do another Fallout game and they were like yeah. nah we'll do it in house thanks and Obsidian were like well fuck you we'll do it anyway exactly <laughs> and um so then, yeah, they got bought by Microsoft. They've got a new game coming out soon, or this year, I think, called Grounded, which is, quote, survival adventure where you're the size of an ant. Awesome. So fuck knows what that's about. Yeah. But I'm all for letting them, like, do what they want. Yeah. And Microsoft backing them is really great oh, for that. So yeah. that's one of my favorite stories of the decade, the, the journey from, like, near bankruptcy at the mm-hmm. start of the decade to being purchased by... Microsoft exactly. to become one and of the in-house told, first parties. Been told. I remember when they announced it, they said, "We're putting no expectation." Yeah, like we basically, and this is not what they said, but this is how I took it. Yeah, we basically rocked up to their office with a fucking truckload of money. Yeah, and went, "You're now one of our companies, but you've you got have, nothing to worry about." Yeah. Yeah. But you have creative control over what you do. Yeah. The same as the Go developers, uh, Ninja Theory, who did um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West yeah. and Hellblade, Senua's mm-hmm. Sac- Sacrifice, yeah. among other great games. Like, they did fucking... What was that? Um, Heavenly Sword on PS2 yeah. or PS3? Mm-hmm. PS3, I think. Yeah. And now they're an exclusive Microsoft first party thing but they've got the freedom to go and do whatever they want which is kind of what PlayStation do with their studios as well Yeah, it feels like they get that freedom and I think that's what you need if you're Microsoft acquiring companies you need to look at what PlayStation have done because there is no denying that PlayStation's success with their first party stuff is there and there's something there that's worth looking at to go we need to follow that Mm -hmm. example Yeah, and letting people like Ninja not, Theory not really something that Microsoft's good at doing is mm. looking elsewhere and going how should we do things yeah I mean they but, bought Mojang mm. for um, you know like uh, fuckloads of cash millions of dollars yeah, yeah. and they've kind of let that do its own thing yeah. you know Minecraft is still on every platform yeah so you know there's that but then in terms of like letting a sort of double A 
developer like you know they've got double fine now they've got ninja theory they've got obsidian these are all like not triple a but just one step down mm-hmm. developers who have really innovative creative ideas on games and they have given them the freedom to continue doing that and be good and i think maybe financial struggle might be a sort of catalyst to drive innovation as well yeah. so maybe if you lose that you lose the heart of it yeah. but at the same time maybe not and maybe having the freedom to have all that money will drive their creativity so it's interesting mm. to see but Obsidian's story is one of my favourites so yeah South Park The Stick of Truth was 2014 and then you also had things like uh, Infamous Second Son which was just yeah. a fucking Brilliant good game, game. like yeah. so good it was the superhero game no one knew they wanted yeah and it yeah. was just beautiful, beautifully done, the PS4 was. game. Mm-hmm. Very strong in that PS4 mm. launch. Yeah. No, it wasn't the was launch, it, it was, it was launch just window sort of thing, yeah. yeah. But it actually, it, it took what was possible another yeah. step, which we didn't even know, mm. you know which and was awesome. Yeah, it's just a really cool looking yeah. game. The Wolfenstein, the New Order. Yeah, rebooting here. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Um, that was just exceptional. Mm. That Wolfenstein was, so was a dead beast. Well, Until I mean, they were still game. releasing games, but they weren't really doing anything. Yeah. And then they did the New Order and then the Old Blood and then Wolfenstein 2. And then they released Cyber Pilot and Youngblood, the yeah, two. the same day. Like, yeah, yeah. So Wolfenstein's another thing from the decade that's just gone gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, Valiant Hearts, The Great War was this. Great. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? It was like yeah. a little cartoony game. That was so perfectly done. Yeah. And mm. like... I thought that it was going to drive a new, like a renaissance of game, not a renaissance, you know what I mean? I thought it was going to do something yeah. in gaming where Ubisoft were like, we're supporting these smaller projects like Child of Light and yeah. Valiant Hearts. And I thought, this is really cool. They're going to back away from Ubisoft game version 3.0 mm-hmm. genre yeah. to doing these really, backing these really interesting indie sort of games. Mm-hmm. And Valiant Hearts was. Um, just told the story of World War One, which I'm really interested in because it's a, yeah. just a, it's such a tragic war mm-hmm. for no fucking reason. Yeah, and like the French that came out wearing like bright colors because that's how you did war prior mm-hmm. to that, and then yeah. they just got mowed down with machine guns yeah. because it was the first great war using machine guns, mm-hmm. where there was just like arseloads of death and destruction yeah. for no real reason. Mm-hmm. It was just gross. And Valiant Hearts managed to tell that story in an educational way while really driving home the emotion of it as well in a cartoon. Um, And yeah, it it told stories that, while not exact stories from history, Mm. they were like based on actual things that happened to so many people, like the guy who was a German living in France and had to go back to Germany to fight with the German army. And then his father-in-law had to fight with the French army and was forced to run out to into machine gun fire and went no and mutinied and then got hung for mutiny or whatever Mm. because he refused to run to his death straight away. Exactly. It was just heartbreaking. Mm. And to have managed to refine that into that game they just fucking did so well. They did, yeah, totally did. Mm. Um, you also had obviously the Middle Earth was quite large. Yeah, you know, Shadow with, of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor that year. That was a big um, open world game. Yeah, that was like the Lord of the Rings game that we all 
had been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah, and it was. It, yeah. it really filled that gap because mm. the Lord of the Ring games or movies had been massive for the ten years prior. Yeah, and then all of a sudden that came out, and it was like, ah, this now is now I can live the world. You can be in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they did a great port it was of what very the world well done. was. Yeah. yeah, so it was good. I mean, we had Watchdogs, which was a game changer in a number of ways. It wasn't a perfect game, but it changed how things were done because it was announced, revealed at E3 2012 and then we had to wait two and a half years yeah. or something before yeah. we finally got it and people were like, fuck, yeah. where's this fucking game? And then it came out and it was different to what we'd been shown yeah. because it wasn't as high quality because everyone was like, wow, that was amazing and then it finally came out and it was nowhere near yeah. what we had seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still Which fucking good. really like, the way shit is nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's normal for that to happen. So, But you yeah. see a lot less of the two and a half year lead time yeah, from announcement, yeah. um, which is interesting. Destiny as well. Possibly like, my best game of the decade. You know, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, changed, it changed. It yeah. changed. It was an MMO, basically, mm. on yeah. the console in a shooter done so well that mm. you now have other games using it as a basis for yeah. how to do them to make yeah. them like Anthem mm-hmm. the Division 2 to a level, to a certain point yeah like the success of Destiny drove that mm-hmm. um, and I mean it comes from good stock comes from the original Halo yeah Bungie guys and just so fucking good at what they do yeah you know, the, that game was exceptionally good yeah it was I it mean still we put is. several hundred hours it still in is it. I mean game. Destiny 2 now is Free you know play. it's back in the hands of Bungie after mm-hmm. a bit of a period of time with Activision they've made it free to play they're constantly working on new updates and stuff and it's just massive and there's still lots of people playing it yeah I mean it did get the reboot because it's free to play now but there's a lot of people playing that game and I don't see them necessarily I think releasing Destiny 2 was a drive by Activision Mm. whereas now that Bungie are in, in charge they're probably doing more like the Warframe thing where they just keep or Elder Scrolls Online where you use yeah. the one game as a basis and just build upon that yeah so for me it was almost a bit of a I don't know it was strange and, and, and my emotional attachment to that game is because I went through you know, the, the 12 months prior to that was me going through a divorce and a breakup um, you know fighting for my kids custody and all those types of things yeah and then Destiny came out Mm. and I sat down and just grabbed a controller and played Destiny yeah. and that was my next six months you know like yeah. all this shit that had happened I could just fucking let go of it yeah. and just go I'm going to go live in Destiny for a while yeah. and I almost literally did isn't it yeah. interesting how sometimes something can like attach to you in such a way like that yeah yeah. and become a defining thing from your life yeah in video games like mm. you can then when you look back at a time in your life and you go that was the time of destiny like yeah. where I fucking survived that thanks That's to right. that or whatever mm. yeah. you know yeah and before that a lot of the time for me it had been with music yeah you know, I'd attach myself to music but I still love that music and mm. that's the reason why I love that music when I play Destiny, and I don't do it all that often, but when I play Destiny, it feels like home. Yeah. And it gives me that, like, just 
aura of yeah. fucking you know saving me kind of thing mm. it's really weird but it is and like some of the games we've talked about you know I'd forgotten about until I read the list mm-hmm. and there's other games where I go I will never forget that game yeah and yeah. that's you know for times where you know you're going through stuff and, and that's right yeah yeah it just happens to be the right thing at the right time that's just yeah, it gives Done you that. that. Yeah, yeah, the lasting effect on you, mm. which is just what's fucking well, awesome. Well, look, I think the gaming. last one to mention in that year was, was Far Cry 4. Yeah, um, I mean, following on from the success of Far Cry 3, they just, like, yeah, they, increased it. it. It basically remade Far Cry 3 Yeah, in the same vein. Story changed, skins changed, the whole lot. But it, it actually gave Far Cry 3 a new life. You know, and it just followed it on. Yeah. Um, which again, and it was better too. Yeah. Like it was great. Yeah, it was. And then they reused the, the map to do Far Cry Primal like a year or two yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> which was different. But, but yeah, there was actually some other big news in 2014 that we haven't mentioned um, because there was a couple. There was one particular game that came out on a bunch of different systems in 2014, and that was Minecraft. Now Minecraft obviously came out in 2011 yeah it came out in like early access in 2009 Mm. but it came out on PS4 Xbox One Vita Windows Phone all in 2014 and it's I'm mentioning it here because it's 2014 was an important year for Minecraft because it was the year that Microsoft purchased Mojang for like two and a half billion dollars US which is insane Mm. and like we now look at it you know they've got uh, Minecraft Dungeons coming we had Minecraft Story Mode on Netflix which was like an interactive Netflix show Mm. Um, so there's it's still big it's huge five years later yeah there's something like 112 million active users worldwide monthly active users which is insane and it's the highest selling game of all time and there's still a lot of things that you see every now and again where someone's recreated some you know yeah. full world yeah. in Minecraft like I only just saw recently um, someone had like painstakingly recreated Mordor yeah the entire map of Mordor yeah which probably took them the last five or six years to yeah, do yeah ridiculous right yeah. Um, yeah, there was Game of Thrones ones yeah um, there was the Star Wars ones where they'd recreated like the Death Star and all that yeah. kind of, and you could walk through it unbelievable kind of shit yeah exactly like the last episode we talked about Skyrim mm. because that came out then although funnily enough I'm pretty sure a new version of that was released every year since then <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah I remember someone recreating Skyrim in Minecraft yeah. or at least like iconic parts of Skyrim mm-hmm. So yeah, there's been plenty going on there, and but yeah, it's it so- got a lot of flack. It really did because it took the world by storm. You know the amount of users that there were in it, and yeah. mostly are, yeah. kids. Yeah, you know, that that were just you know in this amazing world, they could do fucking yeah. anything. It's basically Lego. Yeah, on but a grander scale. Yeah, much bigger scale, and, and I, cheaper. I remember. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, right. Much yeah. fucking cheaper. <laughs> I remember. Uh, Oliver saying to me when he was like he was born in 2008 um, he would have been probably seven and we were talking about um, I don't know building or something along those lines and he said to me you know if you add these ingredients together and then you heat it you make glass and 
I remember that from being a little kid as well because I remember grandpa used to make his own glass yeah. for you know windows in the shed and all that kind of stuff and I remember watching him do it. Yeah. But Ollie knew because he'd played Minecraft. Yeah. And a lot of other things since he's actually said that, you know, kind of made me go, "Wow, it's that's cool." Like the fact that he knows these things because of a video game. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, I like video games. You've never yeah. learned a thing from no. video games. <laughs> I still can't shoot people in the head, probably. <laughs> That's not a good joke. Jesus. <laughs> Need to move to America. They teach you that in school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it you know, for all of the flack that it got, yeah. it, it made a huge impact on so many people. And it actually was in a lot of ways, an educational kind of program. Yeah. Um, which, to well, me, Well, I mean, is it teaches you to plan ahead, like, in terms of just the core skills. Like, you, if you're going to build something, you need to have a fucking idea in your head mm. and a plan of how to go about it. Even if you're in creative mode, where there's yeah. no monsters or the monsters don't attack you and you can just, like, spawn any block yeah. you want, you still need to have your mind in the right space to know mm. what you're going to do. Yeah. So, for kids, I think it's important... Like, I think that's an important game for kids because it teaches them those skills that mm-hmm. will later... Like, being able to plan ahead is a key skill that you need to In be life. a freaking human being. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Harlan and Tyler play Minecraft all the time. Yeah. So, it's still going strong. And it's mm-hmm. sold over 180 million copies, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And so, that just goes to show that Microsoft paying $2.5 billion, which, like, at the listening to that number you go geez that's a lot of money but in terms of the value of that franchise not just in the game but in the merchandise as yeah, well like that's yeah. a pretty good investment it is yeah they've certainly made their money so yeah now another game from 2014 was sunset overdrive yeah which was by insomniac mm. um which, which was, was a near the- launch title wasn't it uh, it was not long after the launch, anyway. Of the, yeah, well, the, the two thousand one, late two thousand and thirteen. I don't know exactly when. I can't remember when exactly it came out, but it was within the first year of Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, and it was a Xbox exclusive by mm. Insomniac, which was bizarre because they'd done so much other stuff. Yeah. for PlayStation. But we'll talk more about them later on in another episode because yeah. they did some more big things happening. a little bit later in the decade. Yes, exactly. But anyway. Um, we mentioned Far Cry 4, but it wasn't the only Ubisoft game worth talking about in 2014, because there was one that was worth talking about for different reasons, which was Assassin's Creed Unity, yes. which um, obviously we all know that I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan, mm-hmm. and we mentioned the in the last episode, we mentioned Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Yeah. There was also Revelations, which came out in 2013, I think, or 2012 or something. So that... Ezio trilogy had finished and then they went into Unity which well actually they had Black Flag before Unity as well because yeah. Black Flag came Black Flag was a, like a launch title mm-hmm. on the PS4 but it was on the 360 and PS3 as well yeah and that was really really good and then the next year they went let's do a PS4 and Xbox One Assassin's Creed and one that's a different game for the PS3 and 360, which was Assassin's Creed Rogue. Mm. Now, Rogue was basically very similar to Black Flag. It was sort of based in the same area, like the Pirates type thing. Yeah. Whereas Unity went to France 
in the French Revolution, and I love that period of history. It's mm. like super interesting to me. So I was stoked to play it. But the game was pretty widely panned because it was ex- extremely buggy. <laughs> there was like, you know, you'd <laughs> you'd see people with no faces walking around, just horrific things like that. I think you had a bug that you saw that yeah. was just insane. It, I, I didn't play a lot of the game, but I, I really... I kind of got into it, Assassin's Creed universe a bit late, I yeah. guess. You know, and, and I stupidly chose that that was going to be the time that I'd give it a crack. <laughs> oh, wow, I've heard a lot of good things about <laughs> yeah, this. Exactly. Let's get on board. <laughs> and the best part about it was within the first half an hour, at least maybe hour of playing, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I jumped down and assassinated a dude from a building, landed on him, and as you do that, of course, you know, all the... the um, civilians the civilians and stuff. start to scatter and run away and screaming oh and stuff, yeah. Um, and anyway, I've, I've just stopped and looked around and there's four, maybe half a dozen people running in one spot, not moving, yeah. but like sprinting and screaming and running. <laughs> Some of them in the middle of buildings, like in the middle of a, a, a wall kind yeah. of thing and I could just see their legs going and like they're moving around and freaking out and I could walk up to them and stand right next to them and they'd still be there doing the same thing um, and as amusing as it was it uh, didn't leave a very good taste in my mouth for the Assassin's Creed uh, yeah. you know, franchise which is a shame well it was really um, it was a really controversial one anyway not just because of all the bugs and stuff there was complaints about there not having been enough innovation in the controls, the gameplay controls and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The same problems that we've been having since Assassin's Creed 1 with like, oh, I want to climb up here. Oh, I've just jumped off into my death. Yeah. Because I've just, for some reason, my guy went the wrong way. Yeah. But there was also uh, a cooperative mode, the multiplayer. Previously, the multiplayer had been like sort of deathmatch style ones mm-hmm. where you have to hide in crowds and assassinate the other players, oh, yeah. which was really cool. Yeah. And then Unity came out and the multiplayer was a co-op mode where you could have um, go and do story missions, sort of story missions with other players. Yeah. There was controversy, of course, because there was no female character to play as. It was only male. Yeah. Um, as well as... The females didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before and they, 2015. They, um, well, so Ubisoft actually came out and apologized mm. for the bugs and stuff. They offered compensation at the time because of the buggy launch of the yeah. game. They also made a statement about how um, you know Assassin's Creed is developed by a multicultural team of blah, 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 blah. And they were like, we were focused on the story of Arno, the main character, who's a, a dude. Yeah. But they're, they're like, but there is... Assassin's Creed 3, um, what was the, L- Liberation, the Vita game, uh, yeah. which had Aveline, Aveline, mm-hmm. or whatever her name was, who was a uh, female, obviously. Yeah. And later on, the next year, obviously, 2015, had um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where you could play as a brother and sister sort of couple, pair, not a couple. <laughs> that would be weird. Yes, it would. Um, was it set in Tasmania? <laughs> <laughs> that was in London, actually. Oh, well, fair But enough. still, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so Assassin's Creed, I mean, Unity was kind of the low point for Assassin's Creed in terms of the, the decade for Assassin's Creed because, um, you know, although it was still praised for a lot of the things in the game, like I said, it's my favourite 
one of my favorite historical periods, yeah. the French Revolution, because it's you know one of those great times where the people rose up and just fucked up the upper class because mm. <laughs> they'd had enough, which I appreciate. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely marked a low point for the franchise. And then the next year had Syndicate, which was a great success and it was a return to form. But then moving forward through the next, you know, this is 2014. Yeah. Then you had 2015 with Syndicate. I think 2016 they skipped a year. Mm. Was and then, yeah. And then 2017 had Assassin's Creed Origins, which was just amazing. Yeah, it was a exactly. complete reinvention of the Assassin's Creed mm. games. And then 2018 or 19 had Odyssey. 19 Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, again, it took what they'd done with Origins and raised it up another level yeah. as well. And in that one, you could choose to play as a male or a female protagonist. The story mm. was the same, yeah. but you could choose which one you wanted. So they're moving towards that. Mm. You know, it only took them five years, realistically. Because exactly. I think together again. Syndicate, you alternated between the guy or the chick, depending on what the mission was. Yeah. Whereas Odyssey, they just did a sort of gender neutral storyline where certain scenes were changed based on you being mm-hmm. a but it was Greece so you could you could yeah, be a lesbian or exactly. gay and it doesn't matter yeah not that well, it matters now I, I also, <laughs> no that's right it's only taken us 2000 years yeah 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 so I, we've I, sort of gone down and then back exactly. up to yeah. yeah on the bell curve but I do remember another thing that happened with Unity as well because it was so broken um, you know Ubisoft just got smashed with reviews and hate from everybody and you know because it, it was a bucket of shit yeah. um, and they did get absolutely destroyed sales went down there was you know obviously there was the you know, compensations for people people were taking the game back on in droves yeah um, gamers are, and gamers are not fickle no god no yeah <laughs> but I do remember at the time, it was within about three, maybe four weeks of the game being released, there was a roughly six and a half, seven gigabyte patch that was brought out to fix it. Yeah. And it fixed the majority of things. You know, they must have worked their asses off. Yeah. And and even in, you know, pre-release, I'm sure they knew it was fucked. After it's gone gold and it's getting printed on discs and then they're like, look, let's crunch time this. And try to make a yeah, passable game. Exactly. So, but it, it it brought out a real side of things that you know now we see in huge games, but yeah, you know, big patches within the first few weeks of a game. Yeah. And although it had happened on occasions, there'd not been a game that had been as broken as that yeah. on release. And then they you know crammed and 2014. We're talking about games that were in general one disc you know yeah. 15 gig well we just moved know. to the Xbox One and PS4 so we were at the beginning of a generation yeah but yeah it was starting to get yeah we were starting to see some bigger file sizes and stuff yeah. like that but a 6 gig patch I remember the internet blowing up again going yeah, yeah. oh you know I'm downloading this and my grandparents they've only got <laughs> fucking 500 megabytes you know, a yeah, month yeah. you know all that kind of bullshit and back in those days that you know, I'm talking like it's a hundred years ago, but the internet's changed so much, and you know, bandwidth yeah. has changed so much, and our download limits have changed so much just in that five or six year period. And game development has changed as yeah. you know a lot as well, because like today or yesterday, you downloaded a Call of Duty 
for the latest Call of Duty. What's the latest yeah. one? Um, Modern it's Warfare. It's Modern Warfare again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, a trip yeah. back in time. Modern Warfare. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so, and that was, that's like a 117 gig game or 100 gig yeah, game, Yeah, 117 basically. installed. Yeah. Um, and I, I jumped on last night to have a game. I hadn't played it in two days, three days. Yeah. And there was a 49 and a half gig patch. Which is insane. Which is like, bigger than most games. Well, Unity would have been about 40 or 50 gig for Max, the whole game maximum yeah. Yeah. yeah even after the patches I think it yeah. would have been about that big probably maybe not even that big I'm not too yeah. sure but you know this, these kind of things on a game that was 115 gig installed anyway yeah you know there's 175 gig being used up on one hard drive on my PC for just Modern Warfare right yeah. now you know and I freaked out when I saw that fucking Red Dead Redemption, you know, two years ago was a hundred gig yeah. on the PlayStation. But anyway, look, it it started it and yeah. it has gone from big to ridiculous now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the other thing, um, so back to Assassin's Creed, the um, that twenty sixteen gap, that was when they put out the Assassin's Creed movie. Oh yeah, and yeah. we'll talk more about that in the next episode when we're talking about 2016. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Assassin's Creed, yeah, it was 2017 for Origins and then 2018 for Odyssey, and yeah. then um, I feel like Ubisoft that I think that sort of controversy with Unity with their issues with patching and stuff put them on this path to where they are now, where they released in 2019 they released. Ghost Recon mm-hmm. um, what was the last Ghost Recon called? Badlands Bad Wildlands Land. was 2015 yeah. something like that Breakpoint Breakpoint yeah. right and we really Bad enjoyed Lands. it <laughs> <laughs> we really enjoyed it but it was pretty much not appreciated yeah. by people yeah and it that drove again there Ubisoft. was almost no you know creation yeah. in that game it was like the pretty much a samey Ubisoft yeah. game, but it brought Ubisoft to the point where they made a statement and delayed like three major games to say we don't want to release these because mm. we wanted to we want to wait until they're ready, yeah, hundred mm. percent. And I think Unity probably is a key point yeah. in that history it's still of Ubisoft a because point. Ubisoft are a huge publisher developer, um, but I also think they're one of the more forward thinking in that way sort of in comparison to the other big publishers anyway yeah. they're willing to do what to they need to some of the more to. mainstream ones like I yeah. don't think you know your, your publishers like Blizzard yeah. fuck that up too much they're pretty good yeah um, you know there's there's a couple out there that are quite good at it yeah releasing just super polished games yeah. that are really good yeah but it has I, I agree with you that it has now brought us again to 2020 which yeah. is the year of you know, games being delayed. Yeah. You know, because exactly. it, it showed even back then how, you know, pissed off people could get. Yeah. And really, like, if you went to the movies and you watched the latest fucking Marvel movie and it was broken, yeah. you'd be pissed. Yeah. You know, totally different. I get all that other bullshit. But comparing it from one medium to the next, yeah. if you bought a fucking album or downloaded an album on Spotify yeah. and half the songs were fucked up and tuned wrong and didn't yeah. match and join. Well, and that's fun- a funny thing that you mentioned that because Spotify, in terms of patching stuff, a lot of artists now are releasing an album on Spotify and then modifying it and 
like modifying what's on Spotify. Yeah. So, for example, Kanye West released an album a couple of years ago. It was that the best album ever released ever. It was pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> but he released he it, it, and then if you listen to it on the release day, and then again three months later, it was different. He wow. changed things. He added another track hmm. entirely. But he like did little mix changes and stuff like that in the other songs, because yeah. just trying to perfect them or whatever, which is insane, right? Douchebag. But it's the same. <laughs> well, lots of artists are doing it yeah. now. Yeah. But it's insane thinking back in in terms of video game comparison to where you know in nineteen nineties mm. you'd get a cartridge, put it in, and if it was fucked, it was fucked. Yeah. And now we're downloading fifty gig patches for yeah. games. Yeah. Because they're like, no, it's not quite right yet. Mm-hmm. But also. To be fair, you cannot really compare these games to any other media because they're so big and complex, especially massive open-world games like Assassin's Mm. Creed. There's so much that can go wrong. Yeah, Yeah. and also there's a lot of controversy now, people being more more aware about developers' rights and crunch and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think... um, there's a there, there's a definite shift in the way that the development video game development industry is working these days yeah. to how they used to. But anyway, that's enough about 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump into 2015. Try okay. to knock this over because this is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> uh, 2015. Wow, what a year! Oh, I remember it like it was five years ago. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have thunk it? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Nintendo revealed that they were working on a, a unnamed new console, codenamed the NX. Ooh. Yeah, which we don't know what that is. Oh, wait, it became the Switch, which was awesome. Uh, we mentioned uh, on the last episode, OnLive. We talked about OnLive a little bit. 2015 was the year that it was acquired by Sony and shut down so that they could have all of the patents that they had. Because OnLive obviously wasn't going very well but they had some really good technology so sony were like let's lock that down bought them i think they also bought gaikai that year as well yeah i think it was that year yeah yeah and that wasn't the only acquisition though no, razor some big ones yeah. razor acquired ouya which we mentioned yeah when we were talking about ouya and uh activision acquired candy crush saga for 5.9 billion yeah. we thought the minecraft money was big yeah but that was insane later on we go down the track there was another one um tencent who are like this major chinese company now yeah they acquired the devs the company that do, does clash of clans oh yeah for like eight point something billion dollars it's insane isn't it like you yeah. compare that to Disney buying Lucas Art, yeah, and they paid well, four and a bit, four point two billion, yeah. and that was a franchise that had run for thirty odd years yeah. to that point, yeah, and forty years nearly, yeah, and you look at that compared to Candy Crush, and if I said to you which one's more important to you, Star Wars or Candy Crush, yeah, you'd fucking punch me in the face. It'd be so obvious, <laughs> you know? but in terms of the finances, like, unbelievable, insane, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally, it, it just phenomenal numbers. And you can also you can look on Wikipedia and see, um, not for every year, but in the recent years they've got like the highest grossing games for that year. Mm-hmm. And as you move further and further forward in history towards now, you get to the point where the top ten starts being like these major companies like Tencent and stuff, major Chinese companies mm. making billions of dollars a year yeah. from these mobile games like mm. Clash of Clans, Candy Crush. There's ones in there that I hadn't even heard of that like were number one wow. in terms of amount of money made. It's insane. Yeah. 
But anyway, um, speaking of China, they lifted their ban on console sales. They'd had a ban on console sales for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they lifted their ban on that, which definitely caused a shift in gaming, I feel mm. like. Yeah. Because, you know, you look at, in terms of movies and stuff, um, Disney with Marvel and Star Wars and all these other obviously large companies, they put a, a really big importance on success in China yeah. for obvious reasons because mm. there's a billion friggin' people there. That's right. So you want and them to be going to your movies. savvy, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was interesting that, that that move happened and I think that we'll probably see some more fallout from that as time goes on, you know, in terms yeah. of focus on China. Um, and Project Morpheus from Sony was revealed to be PSVR, which released next year. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Yep. Konami, a big one was Konami restructured in 2015, and they it was allegedly due to some conflicts between Kojima Productions, well, Kojima and Konami. Yeah. Because Kojima, Hideo Kojima, was an executive with Konami, and a lot of Konami's success was from the Metal Gear Solid games. And so then Hideo Kojima ended up leaving. They restructured. Kojima Productions was shut down and then was relaunched in December of 2015 as an independent studio. Mm. They were shut down before the launch of Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, but Hideo Kojima stayed on to sort of make sure that that... Because even though... He was having a shit time with the leadership there. He didn't want to leave that it was game. His baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, we know then that he went on to doing Kojima Productions, which was an independent studio, which then released Death Stranding in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so he yeah. basically left and went off to make a walking simulator. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, if you I'm don't walking, want to, and I'm well, making a walking game. It's astounding to me that Konami let him go. Yeah. Because that was their like that was their money yeah exactly you know yeah. so Konami do other things but nothing as successful as the Kojima games no that's true yeah. we also had the Steam machine launched which was Steam's sort of move into trying to step into the console scene with uh, with their own box that you could access Steam on and mm. play mouse and keyboard games on your TV yep. later on they did their what do they call it like big screen or whatever it is where you can yeah, it's part of the app. Where it's you part can, of Steam yeah. now, where you just press a button and it sort of changes the UI to yeah. be more. Because I think they realised that you know, although it's good to have like a streaming box, yeah, a lot of gamers actually build a you know a server yeah. that connects to their TV anyway for whatever you know their illegal downloads are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, terrible people. Well, also people. A lot of people just connect their powerful computer to a big TV because yeah. it's a bigger screen. Yeah. So to have a more streamlined UI for that purpose, mm. yeah. So that the Steam machine, but the Steam machine launch was their sort of dalliance into the that scene. Yeah, we also had the twenty year anniversary of PlayStation. Yeah, the original PlayStation, mm. which was quite. Uh, unimportant really well, but the, the PlayStation really... itself was huge yeah. like the 20th anniversary well, they released the um, anniversary 20th anniversary edition of the PS4 yeah that's right with the grey yeah, classic grey I've got two of the controllers with the little colourful PS symbol oh, from yeah. back then on yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah. so I bought the controllers I didn't spend 500 bucks on and the PlayStation I remember they had a um, 
you know the the background screen yeah you know, a theme that yeah, was the yeah theme, which was pretty where cool. you turn it on and it plays the ps1 um, yeah turning on up. Yeah. boot up's noise mm-hmm. yeah yeah which was pretty cool so key games from 2015 yeah the, we're getting into bigger triple a titles being released you know, for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, in, every year. In quicker succession In now. terms of the new generation of consoles that have just come out at this point. With, yeah. You know, that and that sort of seven-year period of the PS4 and Xbox One, you saw just increasing amounts of incredible games each year. Yeah, definitely. And as well, being more, um, I, I guess linking more with your mobile device so you can look up your stats and all that yeah. kind of stuff in a, a mobile friendly kind of way a lot of games were doing that back back in these days yeah trying um, to anyway I remember yeah. that when they launched when they first showed trailers for the Division 2 yeah they were talking about having a mobile app where other people on their phone could play with you mm-hmm. and another one that was going to do that was um, Sleeping Dogs the developer oh, yeah. of Sleeping Dogs they had been when they got shut down, which we'll mention later, um, well, the next episode, because it doesn't happen yet. Yeah. But basically, in 2013, they were working on a sequel to Sleeping Dogs, which they had planned to allow a person to play in the game with mobile as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So it ended up being too ambitious yeah. at the time. Yeah. But yeah, we started to see more of that, and then they sort of dialed it back to being like, let's just focus on companion apps and stuff like that so you can play like your FIFA Ultimate Team, you can get yeah, an app to right. adjust your team and stuff. Yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 had a mobile yeah, app. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, a lot of sports games use it quite well. Yeah. Um, like NBA 2K use uh, like a card game kind of thing where yeah. you can play and that, that you know, gets yeah. you money in-game. It also unlocks other certain things as well and you yeah. can put codes in there for... You know, you, you, um, my court teams or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, my um, team. Yeah. I like... the. I really do appreciate those companion apps when they come out, especially not just for sports games, but like I really like being able to have a map on your phone. Yeah. That you can... Because when I'm not playing and I'm like, fuck, I really love that game, it's nice to be able to just flick on your phone and mm. have a little taste of that game yeah. on the go. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. One that I actually noticed... And I think it was a third party, um, but when Overwatch launched, yeah. there was a few of these apps that were out there. And the thing that I really liked about them was that you could log in and connect your account, like your account in Activision, yeah. um, and not Activision in Blizzard. Um, and anyway, it would give you all your stats. So it was a couple of hours behind quite often, but. You know, you could jump in and have a look and see where your stats were, you know, your your best characters. But the other good thing about it, which I really enjoyed, you know, looking up, uh, was it showed you what characters were best against other characters in the game. Yeah. So quite often I'd be sitting there and I'd be playing and there'd be another character that, you know, would, you know, be in a fight and either I was getting owned or someone else on the team was getting owned yeah. and you could just quickly jump in the app and go, oh, that's that character. I want to change to this because they actually counter that character the best. Yeah. So it, it actually worked out pretty well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know um, Destiny did one as well in 2014. Yeah. There was a companion app where you could go on. I think you could see what your character looked like in 3D. I don't know if you could change what he was wearing in the app. I don't think you could app. change anything, yeah. But... Um, 
one of the problems with Destiny, the original Destiny, was the lack of story stuff to it. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I liked about the app was that you could read information about the game in mm-hmm. the app. Yeah. But yeah. it was never it never really went anywhere. No, that's um, true. But in terms of 2015, we had uh, we had Dying Light yeah. came out, which yeah. was a really good game. Uh, one one that I actually enjoyed because it was a really very well ported uh, remaster. Yeah. Uh, was Grim Fandango. Yeah, yeah, like that was like twenty years old. Yeah, and and was still and still is classed as one of the greatest games of its generation. Yeah, and it actually that was Lucas Arts, wasn't it? Grim Fandango. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, it still holds up if you haven't played it, and you don't mind a story game, a uh, bit of puzzling. It, yeah, it is great fun. Nice one. Um, one of the ones that sort of went by the wayside was the Order eighteen eighty six. Yeah. which is by Ready at Dawn Studios. And mm-hmm. I've, I only mention it now. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was a very short game. Yeah. Sort of third-person um, sort six of hours action game. Yeah, it was, hours. Yeah. It was like a steampunk-style alternate universe yeah. thing. But um, the reason I mention it is because there's a rumor lately that Ready at Dawn are working on a AAA title that's going to come to both Xbox One and PS. Mm. Uh, sorry, Xbox. It might be Xbox Series X and PS5. Yeah. Uh, nothing confirmed yet. That could be a sequel to the Order 1886 coming to both systems. I heard saw a rumor about that the other day. So that'd yeah. be interesting. Hopefully it goes well. Cities Skylines was another one from 2015, which is uh, basically a SimCity genre game. Yeah. That after the failure of SimCity by Maxis in 2013 to have City Skylines come out in 2015 and, like, kill it. Mm, yeah, it did. Was, uh, I think that was worth mentioning because it was sort of a SimCity killer. Mm-hmm. Killer yeah. app. We had one of your favourites, Pillars of Eternity. Yeah, that, uh, that ended up coming out on console in 2016, 2017. Mm. But, yeah, Pillars of Eternity. I mentioned it when we were talking about Obsidian. Yeah. Great game, great game. Mm. Um, Hotline Miami 2 was refused classification in Australia. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we had The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Which I'm playing through now again yeah. because I just watched The Witcher on Netflix, yeah. which is great. Mm. They've just announced that they're doing an animated Witcher movie on Netflix as well. Cool. Um, and they've confirmed a second... They actually confirmed a second season for The Witcher on Netflix before the first season was even out. Which actually pisses me off a little bit when this happens. Like, they'll pick up a great story, and they'll go, well, we can't fit all this in into one season, so we're giving you money to do two seasons. Go and do it. Yeah. But it's happened a fair few times in the last year or so, and it annoys me because it gets to the end of the first season and just stops. Yeah. Because they know that there's another story coming. You know there's yeah. another story coming. But it doesn't tie any ends together. It barely yeah. you know, even just... It's sort of... The the first series of Witcher... I try not to give any spoilers, but it does... It reaches not an ending because it's... The whole point is that there's this ongoing story for... Yeah. And it's just like a slice from mm-hmm. the middle of this story. Yeah. But there is a certain kind of ending because he's like looking for her and then he finds her at the end, but then it ends. There's nothing after that. But if you play the Witcher games, you understand that like the story of Ciri and Yennefer and Geralt, it doesn't just go for one 
little yeah, period of time. Exactly. It's like 30, 40 years. It's a of, generation. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, back but to I, the game. Seriously, <laughs> The Witcher 3 is still, it's probably one of my top games of the decade of all time, all in time. fact, because yeah. it is just, in terms of RPGs, it is just so well done. Um, I've read some, a lot of people are talking about it lately, obviously, mm. because of the Netflix thing. Yeah. And I've seen some people being like, oh, it's boring and the missions are all the same and it's very, you know, it's whatever. But I, fi- I don't find that at all. Mm. Like, the missions are go from here to here, kill, it. kill this thing, yeah. go back. Yeah. But the story around each mission mm. is always so well written and so interesting that it just doesn't feel that way yeah. and the monsters are different too like mm. different monsters fight in different ways and there might be a different reason for why this monster's here yeah. like when you go to fight a wraith that's been terrorizing a town mm. you don't just go to that town and kill the wraith because the wraith is a creature that's cursed so if you kill it it just comes back again yeah. you have to figure out why it's cursed mm. and break the curse and it might be like a woman sort of went and um, there's someone who's obsessed with her and in love with her and she rejects them mm-hmm. to go with someone else and then he murders them yeah. in a jealous rage and then the woman comes back as a wraith to haunt the town, mm. right? Yeah. And so you've got to figure out that backstory, find the important item and then go and destroy it to bring yeah. up the wraith and then kill the wraith or whatever, you know? Mm. And there's yeah. so many stories like that in the game that, and it's just so well written which makes it fit together and it makes it so good to play those quests like mm-hmm. I'm playing through it just to finish it on the hardest difficulty for the platinum yeah because I finished it and all the DLC a couple of years yeah. ago yeah so I'm like oh well I only need to get a couple more trophies what's I'll another 200 it. hours yeah <laughs> and then I was like like realistically to get that trophy to finish it on the hardest difficulty all I need to do is the main story missions yeah and okay. I'll be fine yeah but I am still like doing every piece of everything in the whole map because it's just so good. Yeah. And I only played through it a couple of years ago. So yeah, true. Well, I've, I've, I mentioned it not long ago, um, early December, I bought it on the Switch. Yeah. And it plays well on the Switch. I'm, you know, I haven't yeah. played a lot of it mm. because it's on the Switch and I don't fucking use it that much. Yeah. But, you know, it's good. It's I've, good I've, to have it on handheld, yeah. I reckon. That's yeah. perfect. Mm. But yeah. That game is awesome, and I'm super looking forward to seeing what CD Projekt Red do with Cyberpunk, yeah. which they've just announced is delayed until September Again. now, yeah. which is disappointing. And mm-hmm. I actually heard a rumor that the reason that it's delayed is because they finished the game, and it was awesome. Yeah. And then they went, okay, so let's get it working on PS4 and Xbox One, because they build it on a PC, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. They make it on a PC, and then they're like, I, I, like at the same time as doing the console like making it work for the consoles yeah but they said well the rumour is that they finished the game and were doing bug tests and stuff like that and they had a deadline for it needing to be running perfectly on consoles by the end of January this year oh, yeah. and it's now the 25th Fifth. yeah right it's not running very well so they've missed the deadline so they've delayed the game to try and get it working as perfectly as well I would prefer they just scrap like yeah. the reason that they're going to bring it out on PS4 and Xbox One is because then they have the opportunity to sell a hundred and something million copies, million copies yeah. well there's a hundred and five million PS4s in and the there'd, wild there'd be 60 or 70 million Xboxes yeah exactly yeah. right so that's a hundred and seventy odd million 
consoles out yeah. there. Obviously, not all of them were in action. Some people have bought two or three, whatever. The point like is, yeah. there's a fuckload bigger number of people that will buy the game on PS4 and Xbox One than they will on PS5 and Xbox SX. For 12, 24 months, yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, there's that. But I seriously would, at this point, I'm wishing that they bring it out on both the new and the old gen at the same yeah, time. that would be good. Because I would play it at launch on a PS5. Mm. That would be For awesome. Sure. But yeah, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is just an amazing game. They also, that year had, uh, 2015 had Mortal Kombat X, which was mm. friggin' excellent. Yeah. The X is for excellent. <laughs> and Again, with another companion app, which was quite good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Wolfenstein The Old Blood, which was a follow-up to The New Order, which mm. was also just so friggin' good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Both those games are so good. Yeah. Um, we had a big uh, mobile game in Fallout Shelter. Yeah, which I played shitloads of. And then it mm. came out on PS4, and I played shitloads of it again. I actually really enjoyed the fact that when they announced it, yeah, it loaded straight away. Yeah. So they were on stage, the, the head of... Um, Bethesda. Know, Bethesda yeah. was on stage, and he's like, Todd, we've got something amazing for you. And it's Fallout Shelter, and you can do this and this and this. And he talked yeah. about it for like three minutes. Yeah. And then you could they panned back, and you could see every fucking nerd in that auditorium grab their phones, yeah. and just jump on the app store of their choice yeah. and download the game. And it was mm-hmm. literally that moment the game yeah. came out. As soon as he stopped talking, it was launched and live. Yeah. And I fucking love that because yeah. so often, and I, I, I've talked about this multiple times, so often they'll come out and go, hey guys, we're working on this new game. We don't have a release date and it yeah. might be three fucking years, yeah. but check out this video of it. And that pisses me off because mm-hmm. you go, wow, that looks fucking awesome or fun. But Fallout Shelter was the exact opposite of that. And I did the same thing. I was watching the live feed. I jumped on and grabbed it and started playing it. Yeah. I can't remember much more of the live feed after that. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was actually really good. And um, like, obviously, there's always the people who are like, fuck that. Don't yeah. make mobile games. Mm. But the, I feel like the uptake for Fallout Shelter, which is the driver for Bethesda to move into more mobile games they've since done Elder Scrolls Blades yeah. and Legends mm-hmm. Legends is a collectible card game one Blades is the one where it's literally a third person Elder Scrolls game on yeah. your phone yeah. um, but in comparison you look at BlizzCon when they announced that they were bringing out Diablo Infinite or whatever the, yeah. the mobile game working on it yeah. and people just they went were, feral they were looting and burning houses yeah. down they were so oh, angry that was <sighs> crazy isn't it assholes yeah. gamers not fickle <laughs> not fickle at all um, speaking of Elder Scrolls that was the year that they rebranded and re-released Elder Scrolls Online mm-hmm. with Elder Scrolls Online, Online Tamriel Unlimited because although Elder Scrolls Online was great it wasn't as great as they had hoped. Yeah. People weren't really getting into it. So they rebranded it, removed the monthly, because they had monthly subscriptions, yeah. which Final Fantasy fourteen still has. Mm. But Final Fantasy fourteen still manages to be hugely successful. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Elder Scrolls went, let's get rid of the monthly subscription. You're already buying the game. Yeah, They fixed a bunch of the issues and then moved to a microtransaction-based model for support post-launch. Yeah, So you still have to buy the expansions that come out. Mm. But to boost their income to run the servers in between their yearly patches or like expansions or whatever, you can buy horses and yeah. like aesthetic stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and it's hugely successful. And Elder Scrolls Online now has a massive following. Yeah, and it was a good choice. 
and they've just announced um, that the next expansion is going to be Skyrim. Yeah, nice. Which I think we already mentioned when we talked about Elder Scrolls Online last mm. on the last episode or this episode. One of the others. <laughs> Break the fourth wall. <laughs> um, a huge game that came out and is still actually a huge game mm-hmm. for me. Um, well, around the world is Rocket League. Yeah, that came out on release as a PS Plus game from memory. Yeah, yeah, it was PS- um, free on PS Plus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was part of that subscription. Yeah. And it instantly became a massive fucking game. Yeah. Since been released on every other fucking console. Yeah, it PC came to Xbox, I think, two years later, or one year, yeah. one or two years later. Yeah. But, again, smashed it. As soon as it got there, it yeah. smashed it. And it's been in eSports. The company has made bucket loads oh. from their DLC and stuff, even yeah. though it was given away for free on PlayStation yeah. Plus, which was unheard of, by yeah. the way. Yeah. To yeah. give a launch game, a game at launch away for free. Like it, now, a Xbox game that's is doing of it. that quality and yeah. that, like, I don't know, it was just polished. It's it standard really now was. because of the Game Pass. Xbox yeah. are doing it. Yeah. But at the time, you're like, oh, a game that's not even out yet coming out for free. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. And it was awesome. It was. Like I said, it's yeah. used for esports. The company's made bucket loads of cash. Yeah. It was one of the first games. Later on down the track, it was one of the first games to implement cross-platform play. Yeah, it was too, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the gaming as a whole in the decade, Rocket League, although it only came out in 2015, it's been a pretty key game for the decade, hasn't oh, it? Oh, huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. And it is still played very regularly by very like lots and lots of people. You jump in and you can find a game pretty quickly. Yep. Um, there's... You know, as, as a bit of an example, it sold nearly, nearly 11 million copies. Yeah. And at, at its height, there was nearly 60 million registered players. Which is a lot. Oh, fucking unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you played a, a shitload of that oh, game. I played hundreds of hours of that. Yeah. Between me and the kids, we played 1,000 hours, potentially. Yeah. And had a ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Ball. One of the games that I really enjoyed that year was... Rory McIlroy PGA Tour, yeah. which was the first PGA Tour since 1998 to not oh, yeah. be Tiger Woods PGA. Yeah. After he, uh, after it came out after that he, he fell was, from grace. Uh, yeah, banging a whole shitload of chicks that weren't yeah. his wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then she took up a golf career by hitting the fucking back window of his car with a golf club. <laughs> um, so and yeah. driving him out. And Rory <laughs> McIlroy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> was the number of chicks that he'd slept with no yeah. um, <laughs> probably more yeah I'd say so but it, it actually ended up being the last EA PGA Tour game because yeah. they've now given up the licensing and it's gone they to the golf club forever yeah. yeah like well like I said Tiger Woods PGA was 1998 and yeah. they've been doing PGA games before that oh some of the original games on PC from like you know early 90s late 80s were golf games yeah and they were all PGA games yeah so um, yeah that that game wasn't really critically enjoyed I guess mm. at launch but they supported it really well it was it was yeah. lacking a lot compared to the Tiger Woods games yeah but they added in because they moved to a more sort of arcadey style yeah. with it 
But they added in heaps of DLC later on, free DLC, mm, to support yeah. the game, which I really enjoyed. It was almost 18 months of free DLC yeah, for that game. Yeah, they would like, I think I'd check like once a month or something and I'd check or get an email from EA that was like, this is a new, entire new course. Mm. And they added in like a night mode with where yeah. there was like glowing lights and your ball glowed and stuff like that mm. and different challenge yeah. levels and stuff. They actually had some really fun kind of, you know, just challenging, mm. you know, couch co-op type games in yeah. there which was really good yeah I really really enjoyed that we also saw uh, Angry Birds 2 in a continuation of the enormity of mobile gaming yep yep Mad Max was an open a world one. like and surprisingly was really really good yeah. I would love to see a sequel to that actually yeah we haven't heard anything about that no. I don't think a uh, couple that I enjoyed Trine 3 was pretty good mm-hmm. um, you know typical in the Trine universe but it was actually a solid one yep. um, Until Dawn was yeah. quite a good fun one of the all time best horror games yeah. from the sounds of it I haven't played it because that ain't my jam <laughs> <laughs> neither of us really enjoy them that much yeah, exactly. speaking well, of that Lego Dimensions came out this year well 2015 as well which was you know following on from the success of Skylanders and Disney Infinity Lego mm. were like let's sell Lego into a video game yeah um, that never succeeded the way that they had hoped not particularly no. which is disappointing because Lego mm. is fucking cool oh yeah for sure well you had to build the platform right so part of the part of the game was you build the platform out of Lego yeah, and, and then, then you, you would can, play yeah. in the console and I think one of the issues that they they struggled with the most um, was price point yeah, you know, like I, I had a fair few of them. I yeah. bought a lot of those. Um, they were expensive, though. And they were fucking expensive. Lego like, is an expensive toy. Yeah, and and I remember buying the Simpsons uh, expansion for that, yeah. which was Homer, and you got the car, the car, and I think that was it. Maybe most of them only had two. Some had three. Yeah. Um, but that was like twenty four bucks, and yeah. it was like you're getting like. A couple 30 of pieces, pieces of Lego, of Lego yeah. you know, like it's fuck all. Um, but anyway, you know, it was yeah. fun. The kids really loved being able to create something and then put it on the portal, and then it was in the game. Yeah, you know? and that was pretty cool. Yeah, we also saw the end of the band games, as in music peripherals. Yes. So Guitar yeah. Hero Live came out. Guitar Hero had been sort of off the radar for a while. Yeah. And they were like, let's do one last crack at this thing. Mm. They brought out the Guitar Hero Live game, which had a different style of guitar instead of the color-coded things. It had things. The strings, didn't it? No, it had six buttons, like two oh, rows yeah. of three. Mm-hmm. There was like black and white, and so that was different. It also had... The, the whole premise of the game was you had two modes, offline and online. The yeah. online was like a watching... It was kind of like a Channel V style or whatever, like a MTV or whatever. Yeah. So clips would play and you would play along with them. Oh, cool. But you could also select which ones you wanted to play and play against people online. Yeah. The offline mode had a, a live crowd on screen that as you played, because previously they were all cartoony. Yeah. And on this one, it was like a, a crowd looking at you and they would get happy or sad based on if you if were you fucked it fucking up, it up. So yeah. if you fucked it up heaps, they'd be booing and like, oh, you shit, get off the stage. Yeah. 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 So I really enjoyed it. Mm. Did not do as well as they had hoped went down the shitter same as Rock Band 4 came out that year yeah, that um, was the end of that and that was the end of that 
Speaking of other games, games that kind of died around that time, um, we saw Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 released. Yeah, which hasn't happened since. People had really big hopes for that game. Yeah. And it was canned. Yeah. You know, we're talking like threes out of ten, ones out of fives. Like it yeah. was really just not bad. appreciated. Yeah. Well, we already mentioned Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Syndicate was 2015. That was one of my top games of the year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Another one was Just Cause 3, which I didn't actually play in 2015. I think I played it in 2016 or 17 after it was given up for free on PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And that's when I... Because I originally, we originally played it in 2015, but didn't get too into it. And then I finished it 100% completed and all the DLC got the platinum, yeah. I'm pretty sure later mm. because I revisited it and was like why did I not play this in yeah, 2015 right. it was freaking excellent mm. we had now like we, we've got a couple of really big titles that were yeah down the tail year. end of the year like Halo 5 yeah huge yeah massive following obviously it's a fucking Halo game yeah you know. Rise of the Tomb Raider which was the sequel to the reboot yep of Tomb Raider which, which is a great game well uh, well received very well yes. received yep. that one actually came out timed exclusive on Xbox One first for 12 months yeah it was too, before yeah. it came out on PS4 yep. and when it came out on PS4 the next year it was the 20th anniversary of Tomb mm, Raider that's right yeah. so that was the 20th anniversary edition yeah uh, we also had Need for Speed a reboot of Need for Speed which was really really good yeah I really yeah. I enjoyed that I was glad to see I that I remember you playing that one a yeah. lot um, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 yeah which was you know a big game at the time. Call of Duty is always a big yeah, game. Yeah, it is. But Black Ops has been fairly well done. Mm. Yeah. Now, one of your biggest games of 2015, and one of the biggest games around ever. Yeah, yeah. in terms of everything, like support, post-launch support, DLC, the fan base is massive. We're talking, mm. of course, of Fallout Four. Yes. Hey, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking loved Fallout 4. Yeah, you know? I didn't. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I didn't. I played a shitload of it, mm. but my problem is with the lack of direction. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's direction, but my thing is the same with Witcher 3. There's like points on the map that you yeah. see where it's like a thing to do. Yeah. And I go do it and I have a great old time. Mm. Fallout, I would go and do the side shit and then I'd be like, ah, fuck, I'm real drained yeah. Yeah. over this. Mm hmm. And I've got nowhere in the story. Yeah, you know? yeah. And part of that is because I really don't appreciate what Bethesda do with visuals. Mm-hmm. Fallout 4 visually was not impressive no, to me. No, not particularly. It looked like Fallout yeah. 3 and New Vegas. Yeah. There was yeah. no improvement in my eyes. Mm. They're yeah. still boxy, crappy looking characters. Yeah, and that's true. But yeah. I, I just loved it. There was something about that game that was very driving for me. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's very beloved. Yeah. Like, lots of people really, really like it. Yeah. So... You know, but I love power to Another game which is one of my favourites from that year and has kind of when it came out it was nowhere near as big as it is now. Yeah. You know, we're talking five years down the track and yeah. this thing's gone from strength to strength to strength mm-hmm. to now be one of the top online games being played today. Yeah. yeah. Um and I'm talking about Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. You know, Tom Clancy game. That that it is in esports, it's got fucking like dozens of millions of people yeah. still playing it there's uh, I heard I saw a thing the other day talking about talking to one of the developers and they said um, 
what, what are the characters? You can pick different characters to play as. Yeah. They're called... Yeah, they're, um, yeah. Operators. Operators. Yeah. So they were saying they'd be happy to continue working on the game until there was 100 operators to choose from. Wow. And they release like six a year or six to eight a year. Yeah, it's a fair few. So to get to 100, it needs to go for another few years, which yeah. means they're going to probably port it to the next gen. Mm. So, yeah. that, I mean, that game is just hugely successful yeah. for Ubisoft. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. For a game that, you know, up until then we'd had... And we still do have Tom Clancy games coming out fairly like Ghost regularly. Recon, Breakpoint, and The yeah, Division. The Division, you know, we've got other other titles within that, you know, yeah. kind of world that are coming out. Mm-hmm. But somehow this one just hit a nail on the head. Yeah. You know, well, they've got, what is it, massive. Rainbow Six Quarantine, I think was the one that they announced at the most recent yep. E3. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to let go of Siege God, no. to continue with that. Like, yeah. Siege is still a huge. There's huge a, game. I'm sure there's a huge division at Ubisoft just you know for that. Yeah. In the, the divisions. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably work to break point. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last game we'll mention for 2015 because we've been talking about it for freaking ages. Uh, Star Star Wars Battlefront. Yes. Which was so good. Mm. It was really fun. As an online, there was no single player, which people were like, "Why is there no single yeah. player?" Mm. But the multiplayer was really well done. It was very well balanced. Yeah, it was super fun. I remember it was going to fantastically Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, which was um, the best thing for me. Yeah, and I remember going to PAX and mm. going to a Battlefront um, event. Yeah, pre pre launch, obviously. I think it must have been in 2015. And yeah, we went on a big bus that was like a party bus with a vinyl over it for Battlefront oh, and they yeah. were playing Star Wars on the TVs in the bus. Yeah. And we went there and there was guys in Stormtrooper outfits <laughs> serving drinks. Yeah. And they had like 15 computers set up or consoles probably. I don't know. I can't really remember. All I remember was I was playing it and it was the spaceship battle one where you could be a TIE fighter or X-Wing yeah. fighting in space. Mm-hmm. And we played the beta at that point where we played like as people running around. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first taste that I got of the space fighting. And mm-hmm. it was so good mm. that I was like, this game's amazing. And then going into playing it after launch, yeah. just like the ability to get in the Millennium Falcon and just fuck people up. Yeah. And like that everything good, about that it was so good and it was a great online game to mm. play with friends as well yeah it was very good and they supported yeah. it heaps with DLC as well mm. there was just a great amount of DLC it was basically like the DLC they do with Battlefield yeah. except for Battlefront yeah they had new planets new hero characters mm. everything and then obviously later on we had a sequel that didn't go down too well but that's for next episode alright well look we're going to have to just wrap this up now it's been a big year that one Um, so we (laughs) We almost have to split this episode into four parts (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) this could go forever yeah Um, it's a big decade it's going to take us a decade to talk about it (laughs) but anyway thank you for listening yes Um, if you have any comments about 2013 2014 2015 if you think we missed any games that you thought yep. were fantastic or you just you know, appreciate us talking about it. Yeah. Or if there's any games that were like your favourite of the decade yes. from this period of time, feel free to hit us up. You can send an email to podcast at dropbeargaming.com. You can tweet us at dropbeargaming. You can hit us Facebook at us. Instagram at drop underscore bear underscore gaming. Facebook, everything. Hit yeah, us up. Talk we're to everywhere. us. everywhere. 
Anyway, yeah. if you say our name three times into a mirror, we probably Stab won't you. Yes, oh. come and yeah. you know, appear behind you. Yeah, maybe. Every other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, thanks again. We'll be in your whole soon. See ya! Bye!